Happy Friday, everybody. Coulter Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, tuning in to the Big Sky Breakdown. This is your interviews podcast for the week, where we collaborate all of our interviews that we perform here at Skyline Sports, as well as at ESPN MT. You can always catch my daily radio show live on 1029 ESPN Radio throughout Western Montana, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. And new to the fold, but very excited about this, the new ESPN MT app. So go check out the ESPN MT app as well and tune into Grizz Hockey, Girls Lacrosse, and Nuanas now both live uh, and archives. So excited about that. This interviews podcast includes Ty McPherson, Weber State senior wide receiver, leading the Big Sky Conference in yards per catch at 20, and he's second in the league with six touchdown catches. He's become a huge big play weapon, and he's one of the few Weber State guys that's been on this Wildcat team before when they came to Bozeman. It's been since 2017 since Weber State was in uh, Bozeman to play at Bobcat Stadium. Brent Vegan will also join us. He has never coached against Weber State at Bobcat Stadium, but he did leave uh, Montana State to a 13-7 win over Weber in Ogden last year. Coach Vegan uh, joined me earlier this week to preview uh, this top five matchup. Justice Perkins, a sophomore center for Montana State, uh, joins us on this podcast, as well as Justin Ford, a senior cornerback for Montana, as the Grizzlies prepare to play a little Big Sky After Dark game at Sac State. Kickoff 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 8 p.m. Local time there from Hornet Stadium. It'll be broadcast live on ESPN2. We're also going to hear from our great buddy Nick Tabor, Westpac Well. they give you his financial tip of the week, but he'll also rap a little bit about the Grizzlies and where they're at going into this matchup against Sac State. And then we'll hear finally from Troy Taylor, the mad scientist. Uh, it's funny that people call him that. I actually think he's just a hell of a nice guy who has a really high football IQ. Great play caller. Uh, he has done wonderful things there at Sac State. They are 18-1 and to this point in Big Sky Conference play, and uh, they're riding a 14-game Big Sky Conference winning streak with Montana coming to town. A good conversation with Troy Taylor. If you missed anything earlier this week, you can also find our ESPN Roundtable conversation with Sac State uh, quarterback Jake Dunaway, as well as uh, defensive coordinator Andy Thomas. Thompson. Those are both available on the Nuanas Now podcast. And you can also find Jay Hill's interview with us from Nuanas Now as well. We were state's head coach. Appreciate all of our fine guests for joining us. Appreciate all of our awesome sponsors for supporting us. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for all of their help in all of our business development and our podcast network. Thanks to JV Restaurant Supply for their continued support as well as Town Pump for keeping us fueled up all season long. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Nick Tabor, our great friend at Westpac Wealth, as well as all of our fit during football sponsors that's nutrition on reserve hype house and hot house yoga here's the big sky breakdown Ty mcpherson weber state senior wide receiver big sky breakdown rolls on it's your friday edition of the big sky breakdown we're happy now to be joined by weber state senior wide receiver Ty mcpherson his team third uh plays at third ranked montana state on saturday afternoon the wildcats undefeated so far this year and uh, it's a top five matchup Weber State holding a number five national ranking. So, Ty, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, start there. Uh, what has been the key to success for Weber State so far? You guys have had some impressive victories, especially the last couple weeks in league play. But I think the victory that st- stuck out in the non-conference across the league was in, when you guys went to Utah State, took apart Utah State there in Logan. So just take us through the season so far. What has uh, caused Weber State to have so much success? Thanks, Colter, for having me. Um, the, the biggest thing with this team is – you know, we're actually really a young team. There's only, I think, 12 of us seniors. So mixing in, you know, some good, experienced, played in a lot of games seniors with a lot of young, hungry dudes, 
I mean, it's it's such a great mix. So many guys are just buying in, working hard, you know, in the weight room and on the practice field and on game day. It makes it so much easier when you got so many hungry dudes. And then, I mean, of course, I'm biased, but I'm going to say we have the best coaching staff in the country, you know, and such a good job of putting us in the right position and allowing us to, you know, put enough trust in us to just go make plays. And, and it's just it's just been awesome. It's been a great year so far. And we have such a cool opportunity to go play in Bozeman this Saturday. I think there's only two of us on this team that have, that have played in Bozeman. And right. I'm one of them. Yeah. And I'm, I, I just, I haven't told the guys, I just keep telling the guys, this place is, it's unreal. You know, the atmosphere is crazy. Fans are just, they love college football. I don't think guys really know, like, what's kind of going to go down on Saturday with this atmosphere. So, it should be a fun one for sure. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. You mentioned, I think it's so interesting to see the way rosters are compiled right now because because of the extra years, like last year there was so many of these super senior guys, but now because there was all these guys that were redshirt freshmen and then COVID freshmen and then true freshmen, it's so hard to tell who everybody is, but everybody does have a lot of young guys on the squad, so that probably does add to the hunger. But from, from your perspective as a senior guy, how do you go about uh, introducing and reintroducing those guys to – some of these big time matchups in college football because like you say some of these guys they haven't played in Bozeman they haven't played in Missoula they haven't played you know at various different places so how do you go about uh, getting them ready for for situations like that totally I mean at the end of the day you just got to remind them it's just football you know it's just it's the sport you've been playing for your whole life you're athletic you're talented you you know the biggest thing is just preparation you know, like, of course, we're going to play in some big-time atmospheres. I mean, Utah State was a cool place to play. A lot of fans, loud. But, I mean, we look back at that game, and we just out-prepared them, in my opinion. You know, we just we knew everything about them offensively, defensively, special teams. And so the biggest thing for these big games, these big in-conference, super-talented Montana State team is we got to prepare. we got to watch film. we got to make sure in practice we're not patting ourselves on the back because we're 6-0 and because really at the end of the day one of those other wins and forget about the previous wins and approach this next week like we're 0-0 you know and it's it's the biggest game so the young guys it's it's just so fun to have their hunger but you still gotta make sure that they know that preparation is is almost everything you know just knowing your opponent knowing what they're gonna do and knowing that they're going to bring a lot of juice, a lot of grit. Yeah, those Yeah, for sure. Ty McPherson joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown Senior Water Sewer uh, for the Weber State Wildcats. How about just the influence of last year? Because I think that you guys had such a sustained run of success, five straight playoff first, won the Big Sky uh, several years in a row, and then last year just came up a little bit short of that playoff. But did, did that drive you in the offseason? Did that ignite you a little bit coming into this year? For sure. I think – I mean, I'm going to – I hate to say it, but I think I, I even took for granted how cool and how awesome it was to win four Big Sky championships, you know. Going into that fall season, I think we just kind of were like, yeah, like, we do what we do, we're going to win a Big Sky championship. And so when we we had those struggles and we lost a couple games and then we didn't make the playoffs, in the off season, a lot of us guys who played were just like, wow, it, it sucks not contending – you know, playing for a Big Sky Championship. So the offseason was fantastic. So many guys working their butts off. And, we, you know, we just we missed we missed the feeling of being a Big Sky Champion. So that's such an important thing for us this year is just 
approaching every conference game like it's the biggest game, you know, so. And none bigger than this upcoming weekend. I think this has been a, a date that's been circled on the calendar for all of us Big Sky Conference followers and media, and uh, there's huge games going on across the league. Uh, but probably the biggest one is in Bozeman with you guys taking on Montana State. So uh, you mentioned the respect you have for both the uh, the opponent and the atmosphere, but uh, what's the scout on the Bobcats? What have you seen on film so far? How do you think you guys match up? I think I think it's going to just be, I mean, just like in 2017, my freshman year, it was just a dogfight, you know. Two physical teams, two teams that run the football very effectively, two defenses that know how to lock it down when it comes to the passing game, and also, you know, just, get an extra guy in the box to be physical so i mean looking at their defense their their special teams it's just it's discipline good football you know so our biggest thing is we got to rely on talent but we got to also rely on preparation and just playing a really really hard you know tough gritty football game going up there doing everything we can to just play our best football, but just be, we got to be a silent sound, you know. We got to clean some things up for you know previous weeks, and just kind of hope hope that we can start to perfect our our craft even more. Well, should be a good one. Weber State at Montana State, number five at number three. Both teams undefeated in Big Sky Conference play. Bozeman, Montana, Bobcat Stadium on Saturday afternoon. We'll be in the house. Should be a fun one. Ty McPherson, Weber State, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Ty, appreciate you taking a minute for us today, man. And best of luck on Saturday. Really appreciate culture. We're excited for this one. It's going to be a good one. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Hey guys, Ryan Tutel here for SkylineSportsMT.com. You know, when we brought Coulter on a year ago, it was a huge boost to ESPN Radio because no one knows more about the Grizz and Cats than he does. But Coulter is a journalist first and started Skyline Sports to cover the Big Sky explicitly full-time with no corporate interference, just the sports teams and people you care about unfiltered. I'm in the sports media, I understand the landscape, and I can tell you, there is simply no better sports journalism done in the state of Montana than that of Skyline Sports. Improve your habits. Go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Well, happy now for this week's Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. And we're joined by Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan, his team, coming off a 37-14 victory over Northern Colorado, the Bobcats. 4-0 in Big Sky Conference play, 6-1 overall, as they now prepare to host a fellow top-five team with Weber State coming to Bozeman on Saturday. Should be a fun one. Coach, first of all, d- just start with sort of the arc of this season so far, because, you know, as you always remind everybody in the media and everybody in the fans, base it's just week to week for you guys you guys are just trying to prepare each week but you know when you look at stuff from a a broad lens there's always dates that stick out this october 22nd date's been one that seemed like it's going to be a pivotal one across the big sky conference particularly with this weber state team coming to town so what have you thought of your team's work to get here and how important has it been not to look ahead to this date to get to this point in your season i think it's really important you know i think each week we got to live in that week um you know Human nature tells you to look beyond some things sometimes, um, you know, and I, I know, you know, we had the two games that started our conference season that uh, you, you're playing two two teams that were playoff teams a year ago, um, going to Eastern, finding a way to win there, coming home. And I think, you know, 
playing really well against, I think, a really good Davis team, you know, and we'll see how their season plays out. But I thought they're a really good team. And then having the two games um, in between that, you know, again, on, on paper and human nature should tell you, well, you know, just, just show up. But that's not the way this works. You know, you know all these teams in our league are going to do everything they can to give you your best shot. And we've been able to withstand that the last couple of weeks, um, two different games, but ultimately um, come out on top. And that's and now set this game up. And, you know, um, there's obviously every week you click off wins. Um, I suppose the next next one you can look at it meaning more, I guess, but um, at the end of it, they all do count the same, and we want to stack up as many as we can. Well, take us through the trip to Greeley, because as we know, this league, so varying in the uh, the types of trips you're going to make, the atmospheres you're going to play in, all that stuff, and, uh, you know, Eliza Dotson rips off a huge touchdown on uh, Northern Colorado's first offensive series, and then they have a huge 95-yard drive, and all of a sudden it's 14-3, to but it looked like you guys were able to sort of stay the course, and then you score 34 unanswered points and win going away. So what was the key adjustment, and what did you also think of your guys just being able to stay in it, sort of weather that early storm? Well, I think that's kind of it. I, I, you know, there was no panic. I think our guys were frustrated. I, you know, you looked at offensively, we had, we'd settled for a field goal our first drive. At the second time, we ended up driving all the way um, down inside the, the 10, and we came up a few inches short on a fourth down. In the midst of all that, they, they wind up getting 14 points, won a huge play that, you know, that we are capable of making. And then there was a couple unfortunate, uh, things that happened in sequence on that next drive that allowed them to get the touchdown. Um, you know, the roughing and the targeting was in that. They'd actually made a field goal that they were they were late on the clock, so they got a delay, and then they go for it on 4th and 13. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But anyways, it was 14-3. I, I know offensively we needed to respond with a drive, and we did. Um, and then it was just about getting uh, one stop after the other. I think what we, what we continue to do on defense is, is make third down really hard for them. They ended up 2 of 14 on the day. And offensively, I think, you know, we were able to do some do some things in the pass game, especially against man coverage, to, you know, to open that lead up. So um, I think I think the biggest thing is just, okay, it's 14-3. Um, no need to panic. And, you know, what do we need to do from here? And it's, it's just putting offense and defense together and, you know, counting on one another to do that. And I think that's, that's what we've been able to do here in the conference season, um, and I trust we will have to the rest of the way because the other these other teams are going to make some plays and, and they're going to they're going to potentially even score some points. Um, we got to find a way to hang in there and score more than them ultimately at the end of the day. And and um, you know I think we we're getting better. Um, I, I do think we've we've been an improving team. I think our guys that needed to take another step, guys that have played last year, have continued to get better. I think our depth, you know, our, our willingness to play more guys on defense has continued to show up. Um, and then on offense, you know, uh, I think personnel-wise, we're continuing to kind of find our identity. And, um, you, know, that's, you know, that's what you should be doing past the midway point where we're at right now. Brett Vegan joining us, Montana State head football coach. Now into the second half of the season, and Weber State coming to town to play in Bozeman, the fifth-ranked Wildcats, the third-ranked Bobcats, uh, on Saturday afternoon from Bobcat Stadium. Uh, coach, let's talk about this Weber State team. I mean, last year I thought, uh, given the personalities and sort of identities of both teams, the game in Ogden was very on-brand. I mean, it just a physical knockdown, drag-out, uh, very few touchdowns, a whole lot of defensive plays, nobody really running the ball with much success at all uh do you, do you expect something similar or what do you, how do you think these two teams your squad and Weber State uh look different than a year ago 
Well, let's you know, speak to them. I think offensively, um, they're doing more. You know, their their passing game, I think, is different than it was last year. They've added the uh, RPO element to their passing game. And, you know, I think they got a lot of guys um, that are capable out in the perimeter. So it's not just being able to focus on a guy or two. I think the quarterback's playing really well within their scheme. And then you look at how they're running the football, you know, and, and it's not just Davis. Uh, you know, Bankston comes in and then at 28 as well. So they're running, running with three guys back there too. And I, I think we're different too offensively. You know, I think we're um, a little bit more diverse than we were this time of year last year. So I, I do think it can be a little bit more of a – spread it out game than it was more of a wadded up game like last year. Um, I think defensively, uh, you know, I, I do think both defenses are strong too, though. So what prevails um, in a game like this, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. You know, I, I don't see a game in, in the 40s necessarily, um, but I don't know. Like, you know. Last year we were in the teens, so, I, you know, maybe somewhere in between. And, it, you know, it does come down to – the, the classic stats. I mean, what's the turnover margin look like? We were plus two last year, I believe, and and that was that was the difference. Honestly, I think those field goals we got in the second half were both off of uh, off of uh, turnovers. And I know um, third down will be big, and our ability to get them into third down and, and force their quarterback to really perform in that situation will be will be critical. Um, and I, I do think special teams will play a factor, and they're they're typically very strong in special teams. They got a really good return game, um, and we do too, you know. So where where does that tip? You know, who's got the advantage in the hidden yardage on on special teams? So you know, it, it's I think it's two teams that are similarly matched, you know. And um, I'm, I'm happy we're playing this one at home. I'm happy we have uh, the advantage uh, of you know 21 plus thousand. Uh, screaming Bobcat fans to make it as hard as we possibly can on them. Jay Hill, such a, a great special teams coach, but also a guy that has coached in the secondary for a long time before he became the head coach at Weber State, and I think you can see that. Uh, he told me at the Big Sky kickoff this summer that he thought this ha- this had a chance to be his strongest secondary that they've had at Weber, and that's saying something considering they've had you know a lot of really good players, multiple pros. I mean, anybody that watched uh, the afternoon game with the Bills and the, the Chiefs, I mean, Teron Johnson got the game-winning pick there for the Bills, former Big Sky defensive player uh, of the year there at Weber State. Uh, what do you see, though, out of the secondary coach? Seems like they mix and match a lot of stuff seems like they have a lot of personnel groups sometimes they have you know just traditional four dbs sometimes they can go five sometimes they can go six Uh, so just how diverse is what weber state's doing on the back end how much does that sort of aid what they're doing defensively well i think it's where it starts with them because they can play man coverage they can play man coverage are comfortable in any situation any any personnel grouping and when you can do that then that allows you to do just about anything you want um, in, in the front, you know, it really does. And, and, you know, the fact that they, they, they can play an aggressive form of man coverage and feel really confident with it. Um, you know, that's, that's tough to contend with. Um, it typically gives you, you know, another hat, um, if you want it in the run game and, you know, as long as those guys hold up, that's all good, you know, and I think we have, we're we're good on the perimeter and and we're going to have to make some plays out there. I I know that's just going to be part of this. And I, I, I do trust that our guys, um, you know, can do that. I just, they, they got good speed and length and quickness and they're smart. Um, you know, I think across the board and, and they don't have to lean on one particular guy necessarily to say, to be their cover guy. And I, I know they probably could if they wanted to, but they don't have to. And that's, that's important. And I, I know their safeties are bigger guys that can cover as well. Um, so no, they're, 
they're a talented group back there. And, and um, you know, I don't you know the number of guys that they play to me is uh, way more than, than most teams in our league. And that's a credit to, you know, how they've recruited and how they've developed and how they coach those guys up. In terms of your squad, I know that uh, you touched on a couple of the the injuries. I just wanted to ask you just broadly about the offensive line because it seems like those guys, they've done so much of the double rep work that you guys always talk about. It seems like you have uh, more than just your starting line ready to go. Uh, but with Marcus Ware, Titan Fleischman out, where's that leave you guys? And uh, and Cole Sane as well. Uh, where, how do you guys adjust uh, on the offensive front given some of the, uh, the injuries that you do have? Yeah, well, you know, we ended up uh, settling with Marcus at tackle in part because he was just one of our best five. Um, you know, Jacob Kettles and, and Titan were, were pushing uh, for that playing time. Titans went down um, in the midst of the season, and now Marcus is down. So that, that presses Jacob into into that role. And, and ultimately it, uh, it presses a true freshman, Connor Moore, into a role where he's, he's a play away. And, and, you know, we felt good about uh, – Jacob, Jacob's played in games. Um, you know, I think we just felt strongly enough where you know, Marcus and Rush Reimer were getting the bulk of those tackle reps, but Jacob's played, um, and he's, uh, you know, let's, let's call him a seasoned, what is he, a fourth-year freshman, I think, um, seems like. But, you know, he's been around for a while, and he's relishing this opportunity to, to run with it. And, you know, if, if Connor has to get into a game, he has played. Um, he is very talented, and, you know, uh, we'll go with that. I know on the inside, if we're, if we're down cold, that, you know, that puts Joe McElroy in that next-up mode. And, um, you know, Joe's, um, Joe's been in that mode uh, before. He's played in games, and, and um, you know, that's where, like, like you mentioned, the, the double repping, the, the experience our guys gain through spring and fall camp, um, you know, that's, this, is where it, uh, this is where it has to show up. Brett Vegan joining us here on the Montana State Minute. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coach Vegan, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, who take their undefeated Big Sky Mark into Saturday's showdown against Weber State. Coach, just two more things for you. One, uh, uh, when it comes to, I, I don't want to ask you necessarily about the quarterbacks because it's very clear that you guys have figured out a way to run a multiple quarterback system. I wanted to just ask you about the evolution of that room because it has had a lot of different factors since you first took over, but it seems now now that you have a group of guys that are sort of bought into it. So how have you seen those guys change and just their ability to learn and, and how proud are you of the fact that, you know, you have sort of gone through this whole opus with Matt McKay giving away to Tommy Malott, now Tommy Malott and Sean Chambers sort of splitting snaps. What's it taking just from a mental perspective to get those guys to buy in? How have you seen the quarterback group evolve as a whole? Well, I think it's it's evolved um, considerably. Um, you even think where we would have been 12 months ago, you know, with Tommy still running down on kickoffs and, um, playing some receiver and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, Tommy's development, first of all, is the thing you, you got to look at, um, you know, and then I think we were able to react um, appropriately to the fact that, that Matt had already left. Um, you know, Tucker was going to forego his last year and graduate, and then uh, Casey Bauman was most likely going to leave, and that's where Sean came into play. Um, you know, and in Sean, we had you know a guy that had started a lot of football, played uh, – Played a lot of good football um, and was similar enough to Tommy from a style perspective that, you know, if if we had to go to him like we did a couple of weeks back, he wouldn't have to change our offense, you know, and, and I think that's important. You have, um, you have an offense, you want to recruit to it. Obviously, you know, each 
individual that plays quarterback, their strengths are a little bit different. So you can you can adjust to that, but it can't be this drastic ebb and flow that we maybe would have seen, say, in the championship game when we went from Tommy to Tucker. So I think we're getting there. You know, um, unfortunately, Jordan Reed, he would have been our third string guy, is um, is out for the season and will redshirt this year. But but I think Sean Austin's coming along. So we're we're making progress. You know, I know recruiting wise, um, you know, we're recruiting to a again to us a type of quarterback and I think I think we like what we've done there on the recruiting end so um, it's getting there and you know I think the the play of both Tommy and Sean has continued to evolve through this year and a lot of that credit goes to them and a lot of credit goes to Taylor for you know crafting game plans and calling plays that uh, play to their strengths. And last thing for you then, um, I, I think that I've always had a lot of respect for Jay Hill. I think he has a lot of respect around the league as well. It's sort of a steady hand, and, and they've been consistently really good since he first got the thing rolling You know, after a year or two of rebuilding it. So um, how do you think he sort of reflects on the identity of this team, and, and what do you think of just sort of the, the, the identity that Weber brings to Bozeman? What's it going to take to sort of match that? It seems like you guys ready for any sort of physical matchup like you might have on Saturday, but uh, what do you think of just sort of the way that that's reflected in, in and Coach Hill and the way he operates? Well, it's clear that, uh, you know, I think this is Coach Hill's ninth year that he's got the program uh, that does reflect, you know, um, what he wants his football team to look like. And that's uh, that's winning um, in a complimentary fashion, um, you know, and, and that just doesn't happen overnight. But they've developed that uh, over a long time, and that's, that's, that's where their consistency comes into play. And then once you get the ball rolling, you know, the, the type of athletes you, you can recruit to, to Weber, um, have, I'm sure continue to improve because um, they have good players. And, and you know, they play a, a really sound brand of football in every which way, offense, defense, special teams. And, and it, like I said, it complements, you know, all the phases complement each other really well. So they're they're trying to do a lot of things that, that we are. They value a lot of things that we do. And physicality comes into play. Uh, valuing the, the football comes into play. Uh, I know special teams is a huge part of what uh, um, what they preach. So, you know, I got a lot of respect for, for Jay and, and the job he's done and continues to do. You know, I know last year didn't play out like they wanted to, but it was, you know, how they finished was a, a – a, a great reflection of, of who he is. I mean, they, they probably finished as strong in the regular seasons, anybody in our league and a lot of teams sitting where they would uh, sitting where they were on the outside, looking in from a playoff perspective might've laid down, but that was the furthest thing from what they did. They got maybe a little bit healthier and, and, and played their best ball. And that probably catapulted them into a great out, uh, great off season. And, and here they sit undefeated um, at the midway point. And, you know, that just didn't happen um, this summer that happened trying to, you know, as they went through things last year, went through those, some of those struggles they had last year. So, you know, that's a, that's a reflection of a well-coached uh, team, um, a program that knows what they want to look like, and, and I know they do a great job of consistently being what they want to be. Brad Vegan, Montana head football coach here on Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coach, very much looking forward to the game in Bozeman on Saturday. Thanks for taking a minute for us uh, here, and uh, best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. All right. I always appreciate being out with you. Thanks. 
Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Well, Montana State Minute Part 2 for the week. You get two Montana State Minutes this week because arguably the biggest game in the football championship subdivision plays out in Bozeman, Montana on Saturday afternoon. Fifth-ranked Weber State coming to town to take on the third-ranked Montana State Bobcats. Should be a hell of a game like it always is. We're joined by Justice Perkins. He's a sophomore center and a Bozeman High School graduate playing for the Montana State Bobcats. Justice, first I want to talk about the high school part of this because I think it's been really fun to watch that there's actually like an inner city rivalry now uh, in Bozeman and Crosstown last week. There was some scuttle, like Gallatin was pretty good. Maybe they're going to knock off the Hawks for the first time. Not so much. Levi Weshi and your boys got it done. They they won in a big way, 38-14. Uh, so you got some pride in, in the fact that the Hawks are winning these Crosstown games now? Yeah, 100%. I had 100% confidence in my guys. You know, this is how Bozeman is. We'll always be the big brother. Uh, obviously, we have a couple of Gallatin guys on the team now, so it was actually fun to chirp with them a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Bozeman did what they're supposed to do. Well, it's uh, it's fun to watch all you Bozeman guys that have stayed home and, and played there at Montana State. And it, it seems like uh, from Troy Purcell to Levi Weshi, the last 10 years or so, Bozeman's become you know not just a powerhouse at the AA level, but also a factory when it comes to producing guys that can play at the Division One level. Why do you think that is? What did your high school career do for you that, that set the stage for you then to, to rapidly rise and become a starter so quickly at Montana State? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Coulter. I think uh, Levi, because I had Troy uh, – Purcell, his, my freshman year was his final year, so I never really had him as a coach because I was on the freshman team, but Wesley did a great job of, you know, instilling just hard work in us, you know. He had us constantly in the weight room in the winter time, summer times, getting better as a team, working out uh, when we could get out on the field and whatnot, but that work ethic that, you know, translates pretty easily into the next level, the Division One level. So I was able to keep that and, uh, you know, keep that head down mentality, put my nose to the grindstone and get after it. Justice Perkins joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Tell us about last week. A um, little bit of a slow start there in Greeley, but then you guys really caught fire and uh, seemed like Tommy Malott settled in. Sean Chambers did his thing as well. Lane Sumner running crazy. We're going to get back to him because I'm loving me some Lane Sumner right now. Uh, but what did it take to settle down and, and then get on the roll like you did? I mean, you guys have proven you can score points in bunches uh, when you do uh, – get rolling. So what did it take in Greeley last week? How you guys were able to turn the corner and, and surge your way to that 37-14 victory? Yeah, Northern Colorado has a, has a very solid team. You know, they they have some unique fronts on defense that, you know, gave us troubles a little bit at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Had some troubles IDing it, seeing it. But uh, after coming to the sidelines, talking with the guys, talking with uh, Coach Armstrong, we were able to figure out, come with another game plan. And, uh, you know, once we once we started getting after it, you know, hitting the plays again and again, Eventually, the hole started getting there, and uh, we were able to do what we were able to do. 
so interesting too. I think that you know I, I watch the game from the lines out. Most people watch the ball, but you guys do do so much offensively on the offensive front, and it seems like you guys are able to make adjustments in games so well as well. What's that a factor of? I mean, how, how do you guys make moves on the fly like you have done so well so far this year? Um, I think it's a kudos to the guys to my left and right. You know, they do a great job of communicating what they're seeing to me so I can communicate to Army. And, you know, when we come to sideline, we're able to drop what we're seeing out there so that we can come to a solution for it. So I think that's the biggest uh, improvement from last year to this year is just being able to talk as a unit and see it all as one. Tell me about the run game and, and the way that it's evolved because it seems like it doesn't matter who you guys put back there. You guys are rushing for 250 bare minimum, and if you have a good day, it's more like 400. So what have been the key factors in the run game? How you guys been able to, to be so prolific even though there has been so much overturn in, in the variety of ball carriers that you have had? I mean, I think because we come each week, you know, ready to work. We're, we're a hardworking bunch, you know. No matter what we show, we're going to be able – we're going to go out. We're going to go out there and uh, constantly go out on the attack, you know. Uh, just drill – thanks to the drill work you do at practice, you know, constantly seeing it over and over again so that come Saturday we're able to play fast and confidence knowing that we already saw this look all week. Let's talk about this upcoming matchup then. Uh, an unbelievable – slate uh, this upcoming weekend in the Big Sky Conference. Couple top 10 matchups, one in Sacramento, one in Bozeman. So uh, w- when you start to prepare and think about this one, Justice, obviously your coaches and the way you guys are coached, each game a big game because it, you got to take care of business if you want the next one to be a big game. How do you focus on that though? And, and what are your thoughts like, going into this game against Weber State? I mean, yeah, obviously Weber is a very talented team. They've been, you know, the top of the Big Sky for a while now. So uh, we don't every week we come in uh, we don't take any team you know any less serious than the next you know we treat Oregon State like we treated Moorhead in terms of preparation so this is another one we're coming we're preparing uh, you know very solid front of uh, very solid box you know we're gonna have it's gonna be a great uh, opportunity for our, our offensive line to to go up against you know the best you know that's what our saying was last year if you want to be the best you got to beat the best so this would be a great opportunity for us. One guy on your offense I want to ask you about who seemed like has really dedicated himself to trying to be the best is Billy Patterson. I think it's a great story just because he he has flashed. Anybody that's been around Bobcat football and watched spring ball and stuff, they've seen the talent that he has. But then there's always something that's standing in his way, whether it's, you know, really talented guys that are on their way to the NFL or, you know, injuries that get in the way or whatever. Uh, But now it seems like he has really exploded into becoming one of the best receivers in the league. What have you thought of, of one of your senior receivers there? It seems like he's really having a breakout senior year. Yeah, Willie, it was it was no surprise for us that Willie was going to have a big year. You know, he's the type of guy that shows up every day willing to work, willing to put in that hard work. And, uh, you know, he knew his opportunity was going to come eventually, so he, he stayed humble and stayed hungry, you know, waiting for his opportunity to come. And this year we called upon him. He knew what we needed out of him, and he's been delivering. So it's awesome to see him go this year. You know, it's 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 great to see. There's so many different types of personalities that can add to that dynamic of a team, and that's what I love about covering college football is seeing guys from all over the country you know, come together, maybe have nothing in common, and then you, all of a sudden you find all this stuff in common. But Willie, you know, he, he's got a little edge to him. I mean, he's he's got some swag. So when he's making plays though, and you know, celebrating and screaming, and you know, every once in a while, as long as he's not going to get in trouble doing backflips, things like that, how much does that get you guys mm-hmm. going? Oh, it's great. You know, we, we always harp on bringing our own energy. So Willie's, you know, a great component of that. He's always picking guys up. He always has he always has the juice on game day. So, you know, you know, if you're feeling down at all, you can look over at Willie, and Willie will get you going real quick. So having that, it's great. 
Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day every season justice perkins joining us here on nuanas now espn radio it's our montana state minute presented by j and v restaurant supply he is the starting center for the montana state bobcats um i know that you guys have dealt with some adversity up front now too with some of these guys going down so um with marcus weir down titan fleischman uh cole sane what's the next step for the bobcat offensive line i know you guys are confident in the group that you've got and everybody's gotten a lot of reps but how, how do you put the rubber to the road what's your feeling going into this game given some of the guys that you'll be missing um, yeah, I mean, obviously, guys who, are, who who have been starting for us, you know, having them go down, you know, it's, it's a big hit, but, you know, we have that mentality on the offensive line, you know, next man up, kind of like how my opportunity came around here at Montana State. So, you know, Jacob Kettles, Omar, Agbidian, they're all hungry to go. They're all hungry to prove themselves. And we just have to do a great job, uh, you know, me, JT, and Rush, of just picking the guys up, you know, helping them how many nerves they have because we have the most utmost confidence in them we have the utmost confidence of anyone in in this room who step who's asked to step up in a situation like this so making sure that they're able to play fast on saturday and uh play confident is, is the key for us well, last thing for you then with a fellow big sky conference title contender and a fellow top five team coming to town what are the keys for montana state on saturday uh if you're going to get this one done against weber state uh, i mean definitely uh Reestablishing the line of scrimmage up front, you know, last year they held us. So I, I don't remember. It, it wasn't it wasn't many yards. Uh, so we got to be able to run the ball against them. That'll be huge. Um, I know they have a very talented offense. Our defense will have to take care, which I know I, I'm confident in them to do so. But uh, you know, making plays when they arrive will be huge for us. You know, uh, Weber State does a great job of limiting explosive plays. So if we're able to get some on them, get some going, get the momentum our way, that'll be huge for us to uh, to take advantage of. Justice Perkins, Bozeman's finest, starting center for the Montana State Bobcats here on our Montana State Minute ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Justice, thanks for taking a minute, man, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. We're very much looking forward to the game, and uh, go get them on Saturday. Thanks for being here. Yeah, appreciate it, Coulter. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Our good star of the week this week, Justin Ford. He's a senior cornerback at the University of Montana. The Grizz just wrapping up practice down there at the River Bowl. Justin, thanks for being with us, Ben. First of all, how was practice today? I mean, obviously a high alert this week with another top 10 team on the schedule. How'd it go today? How's it been going so far this week? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, this week is going good. 
Um, we have a good good week of preparation. Um, today was just another building block off of that. You know, just kind of um, going through our scout periods and trying to get a feel for what they're going to run against us. You know, having a game against them last year, it kind of gives us an idea. So we're just trying to build off this week and uh, give the best product on Saturday. Well, I know that uh, on Monday, uh, you know, I've been around Coach Hawk for a long time. I covered him for all 11 seasons he's been in Montana, and uh, I know he only likes to focus on the present. He doesn't like to talk about the past, yeah. so we'll only, we'll only ask you the one question about the past. But how much does last week's result motivate you guys this week? Um, um, we kind of are self-motivated, a self-starter. So I really don't think we needed um, any extra motivation. You know, every game we feel is a testament um, to show what we got and, like, what, what type of team we are. So regardless if we won or lost last week, I think we would have went into this week the same way, you know. Um, every game is important, so just trying to get a win. No doubt about it. Well, it's a huge matchup on Saturday uh, in Sacramento there uh, with the second-ranked team in the nation awaiting you in the Sac State Hornets. Uh, so just take us through. You mentioned just sort of preparing this week. Sac State has uh, a very diverse, very creative offense. They run two quarterbacks. They have this two-back system they like to employ as well. What have you seen so far? And uh, what's it like trying to prepare for an offense that is a little bit unorthodox? Yeah, um, I think they do a good job of, of getting their two quarterbacks involved. Um, with the different packages and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, we've seen it last year, so uh, we should be ready. Um, no matter how different or unorthodox it is, we just got to be ready for who they put out there um, and just just do our job, you know, and, and that's, that's what we're going to do. Justin Ford joining us. He's our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Uh, one of the main points of emphasis for you guys, because I do have a lot of respect for the way you guys operate, just taking care of business on your end, trying to play up to your standard. Coach Houck and the rest of the coaches talk about that a lot, meeting the Montana standard. You know, are you playing at the best you know you can play? What's the next step then for you and, and the Grizz defense to get to that standard again? Um, it's just it's staying in the moment, you know, um, not, looking, not looking forward, not looking backwards. It's just looking exactly where we are, so... Um, whether we gave up a 40-yard bomb and the next play, we got to set up quickly and we got to play that next play. You know, we can't think about the 40-yard bomb or whether we have an interception for a touchdown. You know, that happened already. We got to be ready for the next play. And it's just um, being ready for the next challenge because there's going to be adversity. There's going to be bumps in the road and we have to be ready for them, you know, to go forward. Take me through this your time at the University of Montana. We haven't talked to you in a little while, and last year was such a great year for you. Uh, I know you were about halfway through the year last year when you joined us on this show. Uh, but you finished so strong a year ago. So um, what what were all the factors that went into that? I mean, how were you able to have such a great year, so many interceptions, and, and how much did the rest of the defense help you out, too, just in your stati- statistical production last year? Yeah, um, last year, you know, it was just um, opportunity, you know, being being in the right spot at the right time, but also um, having, having quarterbacks try it a little bit. You know, last year I, I felt like I had a lot of passes, and um, I think I'm going to get the better of that matchup every time. So, Last year, that definitely helped me. And then when you factor in the fact that we have uh, amazing front seven that gives us pressure, and um, you add that with our group of safeties with us, it's just, it's just a blessing in disguise. And I'm just happy that, you know, I was in the right position last year. And this year, you know, um, they're not throwing the ball, so it's just, it's just being ready. You know, whenever they do, I just got to be ready for that moment. And that's kind of what I'm doing, taking it play for play, not really forcing anything to happen. Um, so it will come with time, you know. As the more they throw it, the more opportunities I'll have, so. Well, you used to wear number 21, and I always thought uh, they stopped throwing a Deion Sanders once upon a time, too, so not a lot of chances for you uh, so far this year. Justin Ford joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. 
Justin's a senior cornerback for the University of Montana. Uh, how about on a personal level? What have you thought of just adjusting to life in Montana? What are some of the experiences you had? And uh, now that you're in year two, you're probably a lot more comfortable uh, just living in Missoula, living in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, um, no, I love being in Missoula, man. It's, it's part of the reason I came back. Um, it's a great community. We have a great fan base. Um, in terms of like outside of football, man, I'm kind of boring now. Nowadays, you know, I used to be. I'm still, I'm still an outgoing person, but it's just I'm so, I'm so into it with football, man. It's just kind of like it's kind of all I do now. So I don't really have too many other hobbies, but um, I do like to get out and you know just experience some things. So like, I've caught a couple of basketball games, like high school basketball games, there, some football games. You know, just trying to see like the Montana atmosphere, like with all the sports and stuff they have to offer. Well, very cool. Uh, we're happy to have you in town. Oh, the Grizz are happy to have you there. Uh, how about just the, the the rest of the defensive backfield? Where have you seen some of your, your teammates grow? I mean, I think Corbin Walker, I think, is one of the most underrated guys in the league. Uh, he's a great cover corner. He's very aggressive. He's a good tackler. Uh, where have you seen him improve, though? And how much does that help you? I mean, how much do you guys kind of work in tandem on the outside there in that defense? Yeah, um, I just finished talking to our guys, you know, after breaking the practice. It's just I think we work good with each other, and we have a great coach and Coach Bradford that gives us um, good pointers in terms of, like, getting better every day. So, you know, the things we mess up on the next day, you know, you can't mess up on it again. That's kind of one of our big things is um, coach can't keep correcting you. It's not it's not bad to be corrected, but it's bad to be corrected on the same stuff. So every day we, if you told something the day before, the next day, you know, don't try to make an emphasis on not messing it up. And I think that's um, a great job Corb has done this year is just, you know, take the, take the bad stuff he's doing or he's done or whatever, because we know all the good things he's done. Like you said, it's great footwork. He's a great coverage corner. Um, he's very aggressive. But, you know, um, we focus on the stuff we got to work on over here. So it's just taking that and just knowing what the next step is every week. You know, if he gave up a pass last week, that's the pass he's going to try to, you know, adjust to this week type thing. And that's what we do as a group, and I think it's working. That's a testament to Coach Bradford. Well, Coach Bradford has such uh, unbelievable experience having played in the National Football League for more than a decade and then coached at the highest level, you know, been at places like USC. So wh- how has he influenced I mean, what sort of things has he taught you in his last couple of years here at Montana? Yeah, so um, I pride myself on having a great knowledge of football and of the game, and, and um, that's never overshadowed by a coaching point. You know, I always take coaching and criticism, but with Coach Bradford, it's like um, sometimes before in the past I've heard criticism where, like, I already kind of figured it or, like, known it. But, like, Coach Bradford, he gives me insight that I wouldn't even have thought of. Like, when I watch film, he's like, yeah, look at the save ball. Hit that 15 yards outside the numbers or whatever the case may be. And then you go watch film, and every single save ball they're throwing is hitting exactly what he's talking about. You go to the game, and it's exactly what he's talking about. So, for him, it's more like landmarks, you know. He tells us things like, um, and whatever coverages we're in and whatever te- routes teams run, is like, hey, you want to be here because the ball hits here. and Stuff like that is just knowing where to be by the different formations, and that's where I feel like I've learned the most from Coach Bradford is just, um, you know, kind of understanding how to look at the film. Um, I'm a film junkie, and he just gives me so many pointers on, like, other things I haven't even understood to, like, you know, just get the jump on the opponent. And, and that's what you see on game days. Like, all, all the plays we made, um, those plays were made on Monday. Those plays were made on Tuesday. And on Saturday, it just so happens that the fans get to see it, but it's amazing. Justin Ford joining us here on our Grizz Star of the Week. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio is presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Justin, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, a huge game this upcoming weekend. And I, like you said, in college football, every game's a big game. And, that, and that's the truth, no matter what. It's not just a, a line, because you do have to take care of business if you want to make a run at a national championship. But what do you think of this exact matchup? I mean, what's your guys' mentality going down to Sacramento State, playing against the number two team in the country? 
Yeah, um, you know, for us, it's just another game. You know, we were the number two country, number two team in the country last week. So you know, it's just you got to take care of the business that's presented to you. Um, we think it's a great matchup, and I'm not even gonna um, sit here and sugarcoat it. You know, that's the back-to-back champions in the Big Sky. So obviously, there's a for sure an asterisk on this game. It's a must-win for sure in our book. But um, like I said, we don't prepare any different. You know, it's just it's just another game for us, but. It definitely, it definitely means just a little more because um, there are conference championships, and that's, that's what we're going for is conference championships over here. So We appreciate the time, man. You're welcome back anytime. Best of luck on Saturday, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. But thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Well, down here at Westpac Wealth, fun to be doing this again with my great friend Nick Tabor. Uh, so, going to be our financial tip of the week, but more importantly, we're going to talk some football. And uh, we were already talking football, but we can't give you all the juicy juice here. You know, some of the stuff's got to stay off the record. But look at you, dude! You're like a real life uh, podcast analyst. You got your notes and everything. I have too much fun doing this shit, man. It's like I got to be prepared. I got to keep up with you. Yeah, the Grizz coming off a thirty to twenty three loss against the University of Idaho. Uh, last week at home, an unexpected loss. I mean, that's we're always saying that with the Grizz, but I was I was surprised. And, you know, I, I went on a lot of different – you know, it is fun having Idaho being good because you can tell when they're good. When I was getting calls from all sorts of media outlets in Idaho and Spokane and, you know, doing five questions and podcasts and whatever, and I predicted that the Grizz were going to win. And uh, then I had egg all over my face. But, I, I mean, there are certain parts where the Grizz didn't play well. They made a ton of mistakes, but also Idaho is really good. I thought Idaho is one of the better teams in the big sky I've seen. I think they're a top five team in the league. I think they, with given what their schedule is, I think they have an inside track at the playoffs. I also think they have a quarterback who came of age, man. He is tough. He got savvy. I mean, if you can throw a 45-yard touchdown while Patrick O'Connell is just spearing you right in the back, I mean, credit where's credits too, man. Like sometimes this is exactly what you got. So what would you think of the Idaho game on Saturday? You know, I think Idaho's season um, up to up until the Grizz game was hard to. It was very hard to predict how really good they were, yeah. and in in ways, right? They played two Divi- uh, FBS teams, and then they played not stellar FCS teams. But if you look at it, I mean, they played Washington State really tough, and Washington State has proved to be a very solid Pac-12 team. In Indiana, they played very. I think they were heading both games at half, if they I remember were. correct. Yeah. Um, now again, if you're just trying to p- predict the game going into the Grizz game, you could say those were fluky or those teams overlooked them or what have you. But they were also pretty dominant in the in the FCS games they played. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they were tight with Northern Colorado going into the half and and Drake. But at the end of the day, they they pulled way ahead of those teams. So it was tough for me. I didn't feel I did not feel great about the game going in. I felt like the whole crowd, everything was just too. It was way too easy to get into the stadium. People were having too much fun out of the tailgates. Uh-huh. Were late to get in. It was just kind of a. It was just kind of an interesting day, which of course it was, it was a gorgeous day at Washington Grizz. So you know, I can't fault anybody for that. But I, uh, I think it was. It ended up being a classic trap game. I mean, I think that's very cliche, but you know, the Grizz have the meat of their schedule coming up, and I think that the team. I don't. I don't think that they're overlooking them by any means, but I think that they. Uh, 
they Idaho came in with a game plan and they executed it almost flawlessly. And they do have a good team. I mean, they had the receiver they that uh, Hayden Hatton, dude's big and physical. Um, and our some you know it's just a tough matchup for our guys. And you know they did sit on the ball and they converted on first on third downs. So it was a tough day. It was tough to watch. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the Idaho Vandals are. I think they got a fairly easy schedule heading in to the home stretch. So they could be a top ten team by the end of the season. So I think they're. I think they were good. I think Coach Jack had a great game plan, and 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 uh, it was it was a tough team. Grizz should have pulled it out. They they did make a lot of mistakes, but that's that's football. <laughs> that's what I was doing right there. Where you're talking, I was googling Idaho's schedule. They got Portland State coming to Moscow this weekend, and then they're at Sac State. No matter what happens with the Grizz and Sac on Saturday, that's one of the games of the year in the Big Sky. All of a sudden, especially if Idaho beats Portland State and they're four zero in league play, even if the Sac State Hornets are coming off a loss, either way, that's big time. Then you got Eastern Washington coming to Idaho, the one place Idaho's had success before Jason Eck got there in the Big Sky. It's against Eastern Washington, I and mean, they they they're I think two and one against Eastern, and they drilled them both times. Uh, that they what's beat them. On, hey, real quick, what what's going on with Eastern Washington? Is their defense just bad? Well, I mean, I, I think you have a really hard time manifesting confidence when you go get beat week after week, and they had like three scheduled losses, and then the one the games that maybe aren't the quote unquote scheduled losses, like against the Cats, you lose a heartbreaker with controversy attached to it at home. Now everybody's pointing fingers and bitching at each other and whatever. And and then the hits just keep coming, and it's like, then you got Weber State, and then you got Sac State. I mean, Eastern's had the toughest schedule. I mean, I would say in the country, besides probably South Dakota, and you know. So, but it's also it, you can analyze it like, oh, Eastern's played a really tough schedule, but in the past, Eastern just would have split their games against Montana State, Weber State, Sac State. They just would have figured out a way to go two and one during that stretch, and that's why they're top five team. They're just not that uh, anymore. Our financial tip of the week from Westpac Wealth coming up in just a minute. But Nick's got a couple of his uh, big impressions from the uh, Idaho Grizz game. What do you got there on the list? Uh, more, more moving forward. I'm, I'm, I'm on to, I'm Let's on go. to Sac State. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm on to Sac State. People that are listening to this are listening on a Friday anyway, so they've already heard all of the stuff about all the Grizz all, all week long here at Skyline Sports. So that's good. Let's talk about this Sac matchup: seven, uh, seventh ranked Grizz versus second ranked Cats, or excuse me, second ranked Grizzlies. Uh, at Hornet Stadium at, uh, you know, basically Sunday morning. By the way, what time is, is the team going to get back on? I mean, that that's just unbelievable. Anyway, um, so last year's Sac State game, I felt like it actually felt a lot like the Idaho game last yeah. weekend. And one of the key dudes that was not back healthy yet was Gavin Robertson. And I, I mentioned last podcast that I think that he's a I – I think he was a – very underrated player from the outside. I don't think he got any accolades with the league or anything like that because he did miss a lot of time. But I thought when he was healthy, he was he was very good in the pass game, but also such an enforcer in the run game. And just he, his size back there made it difficult. So not having him defensively against his Pierre, Pierre Williams yep. for Sac State. Yep. So a couple things. I think I mentioned Trajan Cotton. I think that dude is more and more coming into his own. And I think he's going to be a huge asset for that defense to kind of fill that same role. Um, both in the past, he's got speed, but also he seems like he's getting more and more aggressive on filling the run. Um, so defensively, him, but I also want to see him put Jay Ford, and I haven't seen it besides the Idaho State game and then the, the Cat game last year on uh, 
McCutcheon. But I want to see Jay Ford on their best receiver. Make their best receiver beat our best defender every play and make their second best receiver beat our second best corner. I don't because I, I get the whole shutting down one side of the field, but at the end of the day, that seems to against really effective teams. That seems to be only you know somewhat effective. So that's what I want to see. I want to see Trajan Cotton have a big game, and I want to see Jay Ford mirroring Pierre Williams or whoever their best dude is. Um, and then the the last thing is, and this goes back to the Idaho game. I mean, the offense like they just they didn't run the football. I mean, they only had like what fifty yards. Yeah. Or forty, whatever it was, yeah. but it didn't feel like they even tried to run the ball. Right. It didn't feel like they got stuffed, or I mean, they, it's not like they had huge runs, obviously, but they didn't. It's not like it felt like nauseating, like we can't run the ball. It just seems like, and I think it was. It's confirmed by the amount of plays they had, the amount of times they passed, but they just did not run the football. So that's going to be like hugely important to run the football, establish a ground game, but more importantly, or equally as importantly, is converting on third down. So if they can. They can do those things if the, defensively. If Jay Ford can shut down their top receiver, make their second best receiver beat our second best corner, whether that's um, Corbin or uh, number two, Jaden Dawson, um, I think that gives us the best chance. And then let's see Trajan Cotton all over the field. So interesting. When people ask me, what does Troy Taylor do offensively that makes Sacks so unique? Now, I'll try to not get into too much of the boring minutia, but there's several factors that make Sac State's offense so hard to stop. They run a two-back system a lot. That's particularly tenuous against the Grizz because the Grizz, they flood the middle with so much of their pressure, and then you can leak a running back out to the side for a check down. You could also leak another running back right into the middle of the field, and so you have two check downs. Then when you put in a second running quarterback, like Bobby Houck said it perfectly on Monday, he said, the offense doesn't change when the quarterback's in, but the quarterback gives them a different type of playmaker in the offense. So you have to stay disciplined. You have to stay disciplined to what you're going to do defensively. But it's not the same because it is a different guy, and Ash O'Hara runs way more than Jake Dunaway. The other things, though, that Sac State does so well is they run so many of these mesh combo routes where, like, and that's where another place where the Grizz kind of fall fall behind is if you're manned up on Pierre Williams, they'll run him on a skinny post over the middle of the field. And just all of a sudden he'll cross with Marshall Martin, the tight end. And all of a sudden the ball's there and he catches it. And then it's like a pick play, but it's not a pick play because they throw it. So on time they get away with Troy Taylor knows how to manipulate the modern day offensive rules as well as anybody I've ever seen in college football, any level. That's the second part that they do. And then the third part, and this is where they had so much success with Eastern Washington most the, the hash marks are different in college than the NFL, right? So using the wide side of the field is so important. That's where I think the Grizz could make so much hay. Line all your fast guys like Junior Brigham and Aaron Fonts up on the short side and flood the middle of the field. Run them over the middle of the field and just throw it to them. They're going to be a step ahead of the guy guarding them. It doesn't matter. And if they're not, if it's not man, they can just stop on a dime and throw it to them right there in the window. I digress. What, what Troy Taylor made famous at Eastern Washington – was lining his dudes like Cooper Cup up on the the skinny. So he, so he had Cooper Cup as his. He was there for one year, 2016, Cooper Cup senior year. But what they would do is they would line Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne up on the short side, and trick the teams into thinking they were flooding the field, and then run those guys on counter on on combo routes on uh, the field instead of the boundary, and 
then you're just completely messing people up because the whole defense is shifting towards the middle of the field, and then you run a pair of hitches or a hitch and go, and boom, bombs over Baghdad. You got Cooper Cup running wide open down the middle of the field, down the sideline, and if you got Gage Gruber, you can make that throw. So uh, they do such a good job of, of pressing certain parts of the field, and uh, it's it's very innovative. And the worst news for the Grizz fans listening to this is that the single best offense to attack the Grizz defense is Sac State's offense. And that's where I think – I've talked about this all week, but I think Montana needs to find ways to adjust. You can't just be stuck in this mode where it's do what we do as hard as we possibly can and just do it better than the other team. You, you have to have a – you have to have – if it's not quite working, if there's just a missing link, you have to make a switch. Like you're saying, you got to switch forward onto somebody or you got to have a different personnel package. Get one of your safeties off the field. Get a third corner on the field. Or figure out a way to have a spy in the middle to take away – the two-back stuff. I think that Bobby Houck is very aware, though, and I think Kent Bear is very aware of the systematic advantages Sac State has had. If they don't have some systematic answers, I think it's a huge cause for concern, but I think that they will because I think that they're pretty aware of, of how Sac can attack them. One of the, so you mentioned, and I think Sac State's offensive line is pretty stout. I think they, they go up, run about 300 across on average across the front, and they obviously run the ball like crazy. So I think they're they're – they're really good up front. So your point of not slam in the middle, you know, the Grizz are built to be able to rely on those guys in the middle. I mean, you know, Governor, Gubby can I mean he can anchor in against probably most FBS offensive line. I mean, that dude is built like a house. This I mean, he's he's just he looks so much bigger and he's just a stud in the middle. So I agree. I want Ford Demir, their best dude, and I want them to rely on Gubby to block to clog up that middle a little bit. And uh, and Alfred also, and get those linebackers out in space, out in the sides to 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 nullify that outside run a little bit. I think that's a great point, and I agree. I think they need to make, and I think they will. I definitely think they will. They need to. They just need to come up with some schematic answers to you know to take to to nullify some of the things that SAC does. And and uh, I don't know if they can. I like our chances this weekend. SAC is going to be tough. I mean, they run, the way that they run the football is unbelievable, but I, I also have seen time and time again when the Grizz are backed up against the wall and they need to stop a running team, they've done it. So we'll see we'll see how she shakes out. Uh, last question for you before we get to the financial tip of the week. Does losing to Idaho actually give the Grizz a better shot of winning at Sac State this weekend? You know, I think the coaches would answer that in a way and then they're trying to go one and all every, every week. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so – you know, on paper, that's kind of that's uh, you know fluffy stuff. But I think that I think it does because I think that the Grizz have been. T- I mean, they, they've they're the number two ranked team or three ranked team in the country. Like had a pretty smooth sailing run up until that game, and and, and actually Bobby's comments, he thought that the, the team got got caught up in the big picture too much. So I think it does. It, it can certainly galvanize the team to get them to refocus on their one eleventh, what they need to do in the you know to help what they personally need to do to help their team win a football game. I think a loss, or I think at least this coaching staff is going to help them refocus back on, on the, just the day to day going one to know what they have to do to win this week. So I think it does in a way, I think that no matter how mature of a football team you have, how good a guys you have, I think human nature is hard to resist. Sometimes the fact that it is easy to get caught up at some level on the big picture and how good you are and where you're at in the national rankings and what's going on. So I think it is, I think it's going to help moving forward. Nobody expect I didn't expect the loss, but I think uh, it certainly could galvanize this team moving forward. Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth. 
uh, giving you some analysis about Grizz football, and uh, we'll do this every couple weeks here throughout the football season. But also, Nick will give you his financial tip of the week each week. And uh, it's interesting, too, uh, how expensive everything is. <laughs> and I know you guys have been analyzing you know, the wide world of inflation. Uh, but I'll start there, and then we can get to whatever you want to add to it as well. But um, I think sometimes people think, ooh, investments is what I do after everything else. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making sure I put money aside for my retirement or my life insurance or whatever after all the other stuff. But uh, you're always encouraging me and encouraging everybody else. Maintain those good habits. Even if times are tight, adjust the budget, you know, spend less on the groceries, whatever you got to do. Uh, so just explain that part to people. It is still important to worry about your future, even if in the moment in time things are uh, a little bit more pricey than they have been. Yeah, it's wild right now. Inflation is it's persistent too. It's not like it was just, you know, last 2021, you kept hearing the term transitory inflation yeah. and it wasn't even like this in today, like this, this in the last six months, it's not, it wasn't even close. It was like four to 5%, eight, 9% inflation. It's pretty wild. And the last reading was interesting too, because gas prices had actually come down. So that wasn't, that wasn't so much of it, but mostly right now what it is, and actually auto car costs have come down too. So that's one. usually the biggest source of inflation is fuel prices. Yeah. And, the cost of cars and both of the, both of those last month actually retreated and our number was still really high and so right now it's just the, simply the cost of food and some yeah. you know other goods but um so to cult to your point culture if you that's the importance of maintaining the habits for the money to go strategically strategically to places that are going to behoove you first yeah. because it just limits how much money you have to spend on stuff and right. in today's world it is so easy you know financial technology is awesome but it also makes it really easy to, to take out the card, spend, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, 20 bucks on this, that, or the other thing, which are all good things. Buying your coffee in the morning, none of those are bad things. But the more that uh, it's in today's world with inflation the way it is and the headwinds that we see in the economy, uh, cash is going to be king. And so the more that we can just protect our pocketbook right now, the better our clients are going to be positioned moving into 2023, which is, you know, you're starting to see. Again, I was actually laughing with the client earlier this morning. You know, you listen to 10 different economists and 10 different or five will say that the we're at the bottom of the market. Five will say we're, we're 10 or 15 you know percentage points from the bottom of the market or more. So who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball, but there certainly is headwinds coming down the pike. So in, in different parts of the country, the real estate market is, has fallen by 20 to 30 percent. Uh, we're in a little bit of a, a bubble here. In, or I shouldn't say bubble. We're, ins- we're always insulated slightly in Montana or at least 12 to 18 months behind the curve on those sorts of uh, those sorts of movements. So we'll feel it. I still see a ton of building going on. I still see a ton of contractors extremely busy. People are still busy spending money here in Montana. Uh, but in general, as we move into 2023, cash is going to be king. So the more and more our clients and our people can protect their pocketbook and just be diligent about where money's going first in terms of savings and earnings and uh, you know, if it's real estate or if it's savings account or if it's investment accounts, if those places get the attention first, then it just limits where dollars can go elsewhere. Gabriel Westpac Wealth, helping make your life more tax efficient and also giving you all sorts of great financial tips, just like you just did right there. If you want to get a hold of these guys, you can visit westpacwealth.com or you can call them here at the office, 406 728 6699. That's 728 6699. And uh, Nick will be joining us throughout the season on the uh, Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Go Grizz. 
Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. We're joined now by Troy Taylor, the head coach of the Sacramento State Hornets. His team undefeated going into their Saturday night matchup against the Montana Grizzlies in Sacramento on ESPN National Television. Coach, thanks for taking a minute. First of all, just tell us a little bit about your season. You guys have been so great uh, all the way through so far. What have been the key factors? How has Sac State off to this historic start? Well, our guys, you know, had a great offseason and then came in very focused and, you know, we had a quite a bit of experience on the offensive end, which helps. And then our staff's been together. You know, we really have had the same coaching staff since, since I've been here. So um, I think when you have continuity and you're able to, you know, hopefully establish your culture that it, it, it's never easy. There's such good teams and, and players and coaches that you're going against, uh, but hopefully it gets you a little bit of advantage if you've, you've had some continuity. Continuity is certainly a key factor in all levels of football, and you have a staff, too, that's been around the big sky for quite some time as well. So how much do you think that helps you? I mean, you yourself now are, are certainly familiar with the league, having been in, in it at both Eastern Washington and now at Sac State, but how much did that familiarity help early on, and how much has it carried over now uh, into this year? Yeah, I, I think it's been huge for us. You know, we have, you know, three three Montana graduates, you know, that, that have spent a lot of time in the, the big spot, sky and know the conference well and uh, know the coaching well and, and all those things. So I do think that's, uh, that's been a big factor for us. And, and just in general, I think uh, we have an unbelievable coaching staff, something I'm really proud of that we've been able to bring in guys that are really sharp, really good football minds and great people and just love coaching and would probably do it for free if they could, you know. Um, so uh, I think that's been, you know, overall, that's been the biggest part of our success is just having a really good coaching staff that has, has stuck around at this level. It's hard to hang on to your coaches for very long, especially if you've had success, but these guys have been loyal to our program and we have a lot of fun together. So I think that helps. Sac State head coach Troy Taylor joining us here on Nuanas Now across the sidelines presented by Vance Thompson Vision. University of Montana plays at Sac State Saturday night. Coach, you haven't trailed in the game yet this year. Uh, like the old football saying goes, you get what you prioritize. Is that a high priority for Sacramento State, or how have you guys been able to get out to such good starts and, and be in control of the game from start to finish? Well, we'd love to. I mean, the plan is always to, to, to get out fast and try and get a lead. You know, that, that doesn't always happen. I mean, we're going to trail at some point this year, so we gotta got to be able to uh, to adjust. But I think just coming out, being, being well-prepared, and our, our guys being locked in and, um, you know, getting a couple breaks early on. So, um, you know, hopefully that happens again. But if not, you know, we got to just continue to battle and, and persevere through the game and kind of find a way to win. Last week, uh, I got a chance to watch your entire game against Eastern Washington and a fun game for sure. And a really back and forth first half. You guys get out to a 21 nothing lead, but then they come storming back. They're down by a score, uh, and then they, they kind of get even with you, and then uh, you guys were able to finish it. So uh, two-part question, what were your impressions of Eastern, and, and what was it like getting a win up there on the red? Because that's a tough place to play, a tough place to win. Yeah, very satisfied with getting a win. These guys have been doing it and doing it well for a really long time. Um, you know, I think the one thing that you don't see uh, or you don't realize to the degree that you do in film that you do in person 
is that how fast and elusive the wide receivers are. They're really talented. So they're an explosive offense. Uh, we know you going in that they had played probably the toughest FCS schedule in the country. So uh, we knew their record was not indicative at all of their team. They got great players, great coaches, and it is a tough place to, to play those guys. So uh, we are satisfied to, to, to get out with the W, but uh, we knew it was going to be a, a four-quarter deal, and we weren't surprised by that at all. Last question about your team before we talk about this upcoming matchup. You guys have been so great offensively, and uh, we've tried to tell the story as best we could of your two-quarterback system at Skyline Sports, uh, written a couple features about it, and that seems to be uh, you know common knowledge now, but the run game really cranking this year at Sac State. We had Cameron Scadaboo on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast a couple weeks ago, and a great kid, fun talking to him, but he's also just such a fun player to watch. But I know you have a, a lot of different moving parts that are involved in your guys' run game. Uh, what's helped you? I mean, 275 yards a game is nothing to, to sneeze at. I mean, that's a pretty impressive total. So how have you guys gotten that element of the offense rolling this year? Well, yeah, we, uh, you know, the skill players are, are really good, the quarterbacks and wide receivers and, you know, we've got some good tight ends and obviously the backs are great. I think though, uh, you know, up front, we're, we're very experienced. We got a lot of guys back that played a ton of games um, in the past and uh, they're talented and you know, really well coached by Chris Richardson, our offensive line coach. So I think that is the, the thing people kind of overlook is how, how good our offensive line has been. But um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's uh, it's been great to be able to to run the football. You know, you know I guess this system's always been kind of correlated with throwing the ball, but we'll we'll do whatever it takes to you know score points. So if it's run it or pass it, well, usually it's a little bit of both. But uh, we've been fortunate enough to have really good backs and a quarterback that can really run as well. Uh, that it helped us uh, run the ball. And when you establish a run game, it makes everything else a little bit easier. Troy Taylor, Sac State head coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's our Across the Sidelines presented by Vance Thompson Vision. Vance Thompson Vision, helping you see across the sideline all season long. Coach, let's talk about this matchup on Saturday then. Uh, should be bright lights at Hornet Stadium, quite literally, because the game doesn't kick until 8 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But also, uh, one of the Big Sky Conference's favorites and uh, top 10 team coming to town in the University of Montana. I know you guys have had a couple battles these last couple years, and those have been pivotal victories for your program on the way to sharing back-to-back uh, Big Sky titles. What's your take on this year's Grizzlies? How do they look different from the last couple years? Well, and on defense, they're they're not different. They're spectacular. I mean, they're really physical. They're aggressive. Very well coached. Um, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to run the ball. No one has really done it. Um, and they get pressure on the quarterbacks. Their coverage is very tight. So, you know, Kemp Bear is their defensive coordinator. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, and his whole staff have done a great job. And then offensively, they are a little bit different just that their quarterback is a dual-threat guy. So he's a, he's a good athlete. He can run it. He can throw it. Uh, and, you know, of course, they're always really good on special teams. So we got a really tough matchup. We know how good these guys are. We know they'll be ready to play. And, uh, you know, but we're excited to, to challenge ourselves. They do just almost totally eliminate the run game. So how does that alter just the, your mentality as a play caller when you're going into a matchup like that? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, you got to find a way to run the ball a little bit. You know, you just you cannot just drop back every play against them because they, they bring so many games and, blitzes and they're really good at them they're, they're fast and they play really hard so uh, you can't give up on the run even though sometimes it feels like you're butting up your head against a wall you know you got to continue to try to find a way to, to get some runs and sometimes it's 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 tough treading but uh, you got to do it but you know in general we're just going to do what we do we're going to we're going to mix it up and uh, we'll, we'll run it and throw it and, and then get a feel for the game if, if something is seemingly working a little bit better we will favor that just like any any coach does 
the fact that you have uh, come out on top against Montana the last couple of years, does that play a factor? Does that give you any additional confidence coming into this game? I don't think so. You know, they're just, uh, you know, you've been covering this for a long time, and teams are so different from year to year that I don't really take any credence into what's, what's happened in the past, whether it was a, a win or a loss. You know, our guys, uh, they know that any team can beat you no matter who they are. And, you know, uh, I think with the thing with Montana is they've been so good for so long that uh, you know they're going to be ready to play and that they're going to have good players. So it's a, it's a challenge. But for us, you know, if we, we take it as, as any other game. And just the compliment to your program that it is to, to be selected to play on, on national TV. And I'm sure there's going to be a great crowd there as well as I know you guys have been building in that element as well. Uh, people showing up and showing out for Sac State. So um, what do you think of this opportunity from an exposure standpoint for not only the football team, but the athletic department and the university? Yeah, it's a big deal. You know, you got ESPN coming to town and, and, you know, you get that kind of coverage. I think, you know, I think people in Sacramento area are excited about it, but uh, you know, it's always good to, to get your exposure to, you know, possible athletes that are out there so they can watch you play and find out a little bit more about you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to, you know, preparation and, and executing and, Luckily, those things don't change. You know, just uh, you continue to do the same things. Once the game starts, uh, you don't you don't notice there's, there may be a few more cameras there or a few more people. Troy Taylor, Sac State head coach. His team hosts the University of Montana on Saturday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You find it on ESPN2. Coach, last thing for you then, uh, keys to victory for Sacramento State if you're going to come out on top against the Grizz. Well, you know, we got to try and limit the big plays and, and tackle well, uh, and then offensively, you know, we got to we got to find a way to to stay balanced. You know, being able to run it and throw it, and then um, they're really good on special teams. So we got to we got to be able to hold our own on special teams, and you know, if we do those three things, I think we got a shot. They go across the sidelines, featuring Sac State head coach Troy Taylor. Coach, thanks for taking some time. Best of luck Saturday. Best of luck the rest of the season, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Coach. Safe travels. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com apply. Bye.